Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I'm a female leader in sports. I'm the general manager of a AAA baseball team in minor league baseball, and I'm the first woman to hold this title in nearly 20 years. And I'm here with the Leadership is Female podcast to make sure that this amount of time never goes by again before another woman leads. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here to interview successful women in sport to uncover opportunity, learn the tips, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes to get you to the top faster. Join me and my guests week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. I will lead her forward because leadership is female. Welcome to episode 14 of the Leadership is Female podcast. Today's interview is with Asia Golston, Senior Manager of Integrated Sales and Marketing at the NFL. Before I introduce you to Asia, this is a topic I would be remiss not to talk about on the Leadership is Female podcast. That history was made this past weekend when it was announced Camilla Harris would be the first woman vice president, but also the first Black person and first person of Asian descent to hold the office. Madam Vice President said, while I may be the first woman in this office, I will not be the last. To the young girls out there, dream with ambition, lead with conviction, see yourself the way others may not see you. History has been made no matter what side you are on. My hope is that we can come together to reflect on how far women have come in our country. I'm so inspired and this is just the beginning. As Madam Vice President Camilla Harris said, if anyone ever gets in your way and tells you to not follow your dreams, be it because of your age, gender, what you look like, or where you come from, don't listen. Do not be burdened by what has been when you can create what should be. What an example for us all. Leadership is female. On this episode, I'm so pleased to bring you my interview with Asia Golston. That woman of the NFL who will inspire us all with her belief and confidence in herself says that you have to trust yourself and don't take heed to stereotypes. She'll share so much on this topic along with her passion for her work in the NFL's Black Engagement Network, her move from advertising agency to sports, discuss many times being the only Black woman in a room, and discuss imposter syndrome. I hope this conversation gives you ideas on how to better engage within your networks how to reach for more in your employment and fills you with self-confidence. Now, let's hear from Asia. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast. Today, we have Asia Golston, who currently serves as the Senior Manager of Integrated Sales and Marketing at the National Football League, where she oversees the development and execution of digital sponsorships. She is also co-chair of the NFL's Black Engagement Network. Prior to joining the NFL, Asia served as a social strategy manager with the Orlando Magic. Her professional background also includes stints with Carrot and MEC Global, media agencies working with brands including L'Oreal, Chevrolet, and Cadillac. Born and raised in Detroit, Asia is a proud Michigan State University alum and currently resides in New York City. Welcome to the podcast, Asia. Thanks for having me. Oh, happy to. So I know I read your bio, but I would love for you to tell us who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Um, okay, so I'm Asia Golston. I am originally from Detroit, um, and I guess 
kind of starting where I'm at now, I oversee the development and execution of digital sponsorships for our corporate partners and our media advertisers at the NFL. Um, I spent a lot of my time working on our social sponsorships. So if you ever see something on any of the NFL handles that has a partner attached to it, that's usually something that has come across my desk at one point or another. Um, prior to that, earlier in my career, I started off on the media side of the business. So I took the advertising agency route. So think Mad Men. Um, and I worked on the Chevy account for a while before transitioning to a more strategy filled role with Cadillac in New York. And while I was working on Cadillac, I realized that I um, wanted to learn a little bit more about this thing called multicultural marketing. And it was something that I kind of fell in love with and I wanted to dive deeper into it and understand it more. And I got that opportunity when I was approached to work on the L'Oreal multicultural beauty business. So that includes Sashin and Carson, Carol's daughter, as well as their professional products division, which is some of the more higher end that you see in a salon. So your Redkins, your Kerastas, um, your Mazanis of the world. Um, and after that, I felt like it was a good time for me to transition into sports and I got my start in sports with the Orlando Magic as a social strategist, and I did that for about a year. Um, and while I was there, my boss at the time had come from the NFL, and a lot of our conversations, he always said I reminded him of this team that he used to work with while he was at the NFL. And then about a year later, a role opened up, and he made the connection, and I got the job, and I've been there for almost three years. Awesome. And was that connection in the New York office or were you first in LA? So I started off in the LA office, which is essentially Culver City. Um, so I was there for about two years and then I transitioned to the New York office in December of last year. So you were in uh, Florida and then you were in LA and then you were in New York over the span of a couple of years. What was that coast to coast move like? Um, after you do it once or twice, it kind of, I've, I've done all my moves in about 30 days or less. Um, you kind of just get used to the chaos. I don't think I've had a move that I didn't have a breakdown or cry, <laughs> like a crying session in the middle of it. Um, but I guess taxing, but I think at this point I've done it too many times to complain. Like it's daunting, but it's doable. Yeah. You go where the opportunity resides and uh, you do what you have to do to get there and find a place and restart your life. Absolutely. So you are the co-chair of the NFL's Black Engagement Network. Tell us about that. Yeah, so that's actually one of my favorite parts of working at the NFL is helping or co-chairing our, our Black Engagement Network. So what we do, we focus on development of talent, enhancing the Black experience of our, our, the experience of our Black employees at the NFL, also helping build that diverse talent pipeline um, for roles that may become available in the future or ones that are currently available. And then we also make sure that we build that sense of community um, for our Black employees and our allies. Um, the Black Engagement Network has been around for quite some time at the league. And by quite some time, I'm in referencing the other um, affinity groups that we have. Um, I think it's one, is honestly like the, the pride of what I do at the NFL um, because it, it drives so much impact and it's something that's so important. 
Can you give us some examples of some of the engagement um, that you drive? Um, yeah, so right now we are currently, the title sponsor is actually going on right now. So once I finish talking to you, I'm going to uh, go jump into that. We are the title sponsor of the HBCU Battle of the Brains. Um, and it was a competition that started at South by Southwest um, by a, a man named Gregory Gibson. And he has, it's, it's basically a hackathon with some of the top HBCUs um, from all around the United States. And they're such bright eyed kids who want to work in sports or want to work in tech um, and they bring so much to the table and we usually give them a business case and they come back and they tell us um, here's their here's how they saw for it and it's like super unique they're super advanced um, it's one of my favorite projects internally um, we just launched a mentorship program um, and that's something that I'm really excited about we had all basically all of our c-suite executives sign up um, to to kind of help lend that hand and start building that bridge and continuing sponsorship and just growing um, some of our our members within Ben at the NFL. Those are great examples. It's action taking um, what you've what you've gotten behind and giving people pathways to participate, which is important in any network. Um, I, I love to hear that. So for your day job, um, what do what does your day-to-day, season-to-season really look like? Um, no two days are ever the same. Um, what, what ends up happening is our group sits in the middle of our sponsorship and sales team who sits in our New York, Chicago, and LA offices. And then our content teams who are, for the most part, based out of our LA office. Um, so on any given day, I'm in eight to 10 different meetings. Some of them are pitch meetings. Some of them are kickoff calls with clients. Some of them are just checking in with our content teams to see how things are performing or some things that they have coming down a pipeline that we may be able to provide to the, our, our clients on the sales side or the sponsorship side. Um, just no two days are the same, which is really good for somebody like me who I, I'll get bored really fast. Um, so knowing that every meeting that I have today is gonna be completely different than the ones that I have um, tomorrow. I think that's one of the reasons why we love working in sports so much is that our jobs vary and allow us a lot of creativity. And it sounds like you've got that as well. Um, what's it like working for the NFL? I mean, it's such a, a power brand and a power league. Um, how do you feel as an employee? Um, I like it. Um, I've worked in a few different um, in environments and my team is really, I, I call us like the, the Midwest group. Um, so we're all from either Michigan, Minnesota. Uh, we have a few new people who are from like New York and in the Bay Area, but we're all this like super calm like, group of people, which I think I thrive in that, that type of environment. Um, and we are the, not the glue, but we're the, kind of the conduit to so many different groups that I get to interact with so many different people. Um, and I, I think that's what I love the most and our, you know, the NFL being the, the brand that it is to your point, like it is such a powerhouse. So getting to work on some of these initiatives that push that powerhouse forward, um, is something I'm definitely enjoying. That's great. Um, Asia and I are both Big Ten alum, um, so we'd been chatting about that, have those Midwestern ties, um, certainly. I don't know how much our accents 
may or may not <laughs> in this in this episode. Um, but but love that uh, you're Michigan State, um, Illinois, and um, sometimes our our teams were my teams were good enough to compete. But uh, hopefully we'll be back in in the ring with with Michigan State soon enough. Looking forward to seeing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about um, a tipping point in your career. Tell us when that might have happened and um, how that affected your trajectory. Um, what would I call a tipping point? I feel like I'm so early in my career that this, this may change after a while. Um, I think making the jump into sports, I would call that my, my tipping point because I was on a pretty good trajectory in the media and advertising space, um, which is why I love what I do now because I look at it as all the roles I've ever had combined into one. Um, so everything I learned on the, the, the agency side or the, the big brand side working on General Motors and L'Oreal is something that I find very useful in what I do right now. Um, even when I took to the leap from L'Oreal to working with the Orlando Magic, like that's something that I was able to take with me. Um, but I will say that I was 1000% like petrified. Um, I was like, I don't know what I told these people in this interview, <laughs> uh, but they hiring me and I'm gonna go down here and I'm gonna figure it out. Um, I, I had no ties to Orlando prior to that. Like I'm from Detroit. I'm born and raised a Detroit fan. So not necessarily a basketball fan or a football fan, but most definitely a Detroit Pistons fan, Detroit Lions, Detroit Tigers, down to Detroit Red Wings. Um, so that I would say that that's something that I really had to to come to grasp with. Um, I think I had a little bit of imposter syndrome when I first started, but after like getting my reps in and getting my feet under me, I think I was kind of more reassured that sports is a place where I belong. Yeah, I'm happy you brought up imposter syndrome. I think it's something that we deal with pretty regularly. It sort of can pop up and surprise you based on the environment that you're in. Can you give us some tips on moving through that imposter syndrome and getting to that place of um, professional earning you have earned your spot in the room? Um, I think you just have to trust yourself. A lot of it is it, you're in your own head um, and don't take heed to stereotypes. I think me being a Black woman and, and most of the spaces that I'm in, I'm the only um, black woman or person of color at all. Um, so that's something that, especially in this like Zoom environment, right? Like it's one thing to walk into a room. It's another thing to just turn your camera on. It's like, oh wow, like here's all 40 of us and it's just me. Um, I think just trusting yourself and understanding that you're there for a reason um, and, and leaning into that. Like I am a person that you pretty much know what you're getting with me. I always make the joke that I, you'll never catch me like at the water cooler when that was a thing, uh, pre-COVID, like arguing with anybody about like the stats from the game last night. Like that's just not, those aren't the things that draw me to sports or, or the game itself. Um, so I don't find myself like trying to interject in those conversations versus what I really care about. Like I'll sit here and it's like, hey, like I wonder how much that sponsorship deal was, or I wonder how much they paid to have that player where 
where that, like those are things that interest me. So I find myself like thriving in, in what I consider my lane. But I do have friends who can argue any guy or any person down with like stats. Um, and they lean into that and I lean into what I'm really passionate about when it comes to sports. So what I'm hearing is leaning into what makes you uniquely you and what you are the best at is what can help you overcome pretty quickly that imposter syndrome. So reminding yourself, what am I the best at? Why am I here? Okay, lean into that and be that person. Yes. Like I, I lean into what I like, like not what you like or what you think, what I think you want to hear. Like I'm, I'm very good at being me. And I think once the imposter syndrome sits in, that's when you're trying to be somebody else or you're trying to be who you feel like somebody else think you should be. Yeah. And I can also see that confidence coming from you and hear that confidence coming from you when you talk about being really good at being you. I think that is such a great quote and a great takeaway is um, to think about what you're the best at and there's only yeah. on you. I agree. Like, yeah, I, I, I think it. it's just really hard trying to be somebody else. And it sounds like so cliche, but it, it really is. The thing about cliches though, is that they're often so simple and so true. And that's why, you know, we should, we should uh, pull those out of our pocket way more often. I agree. Let's stop so, saying that that's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So speaking of your specialties, integrated marketing, strategy, sponsorship, talk a little bit about um, what, what excites you about that. What are the trends you're seeing right now? Um, share with us what really lights you up. Um, I think all the background work um, that, that goes into it. Like we've done a few different executions that I remember losing sleep over. And by the time it reaches the fans, like nobody knows. So I always call like integrated marketing or advertising. It's like the Batman of the world. It's like nobody knows like what you had to go through to get everybody on the same page to get this campaign to launch. Um, and nobody's ever going to thank you for it. Nobody's ever looking at anything that happens on the NFL channels like, yo, Asia did a really good job with that. Like that's, it never happens. And, and I'm okay with that. But I think I just take pride. And once I see those things come to fruition, it's like, I did that. And now I'm going to go to sleep. Nobody's ever going to know <laughs> besides like the people I work with on a day to day that what we had to go through to make that happen. Um, like even something as simple as a a poll on social media like those, those are things that fans like interact with they love them um, but there's a lot of work that goes into actually from where the idea starts to when it actually gets in front of a fan and they they pay it like it takes like three seconds to vote and then they're on with the rest of their day but that probably took up three weeks of my time <laughs> integrated marketing is the batman of the sports world i love that Hey, just a quick break to remind you to go on over to emilyjansen.com to download your free copy of the 10 myths about being a female leader in sports. This guide will show you what's possible to achieve in life while having an incredible career in sports and give you the tips so you can get to the top faster. Head on over to emilyjansen.com and grab your copy. It's free. Now let's get back to this great interview. So one of the things we talked about before we got on this call was how strong the NFL brand is and how much that needs to be protected. So as you talk about three weeks to produce a poll, that totally resonates. 
Yeah, because you don't like one where where our clients or our partners come to us um, because they we have like such a strong presence with NFL fans. Um, so you want to make sure that the work that we're putting out on behalf of us and the partners is top notch and is something that our fans are interested in and they want to engage with. So that's something that that's super important across the board. Um, I always say that half my job is making sure we protect the integrity of, um, of our content, um, but also making sure that our, our partners are happy and that our fans ultimately are, are engaged and interested. 100%. Um, so personally, we talked about a tipping point. Um, I think a hurdle is a little bit different from a tipping point. Is there a hurdle, um, one or two that you've overcome in your career that have helped you to uh, earn the role you've got today. Was that personally or professionally? Could be both, right? We're we're a whole person, personally and professionally. So hit both sides if you can. Um, I think personally, one that I've had to overcome, or I guess you could say I'm still in the process of overcoming, is last year I lost one of my best friends of ten years, um, and it happened like right before, it was a lot going on at the time. So I mentioned that we had the HBCU battle of the brains. Um, she actually passed, um, or I guess like, frankly speaking, she was murdered um, a week before I had to travel to um, South by Southwest for the battle of the brains. I was up for an award at Michigan State. And then we also had the draft. Um, and I was somebody who ended up finding solace in my work. So I was that person that just like disappeared personally, but professionally I was extra on during that time. Um, and I think my, my downtime or my grieving time was a little delayed. So I would say that was, that, that's one that I'm like, oh yeah, like I, I was kind of not myself, but professionally like I if I look back at the pictures like I was everywhere like taking pictures here and I was giving speeches over here I was joining this panel I was doing this that and the third and really I wasn't dealing what was going on in my personal life well thank you for sharing that vulnerability I cannot even imagine how tough that must have been for you and man I'm so sorry for for what you had to deal with um I mean, how, how did you come out on the other side? I mean, what is, what does life look like for you today? Um, I know that sadly, like we, there's people, there's listeners who have lost loved ones this year. Um, is there anything that you can share to maybe provide a little bit of help or solace for those individuals? Um, yeah. So I actually, the crazy thing is I knew I was getting the award before she passed and like she was supposed to be there and we were all going to have this big reunion back at Michigan State. Um, and then it happened and I had to write a speech um, and literally at the last minute, like I talked about it in the speech because I was like, ah, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to play it fake anymore. Like, yes, I'm here, but like everybody who was supposed to be here with me today isn't. Um, and I, I can't remember who like the quote came for it for, but it was like, if you stop remembering somebody or you stop saying their name, they essentially died twice. Um, so instead of pushing it to the back or just saying that this is just something that I deal with in my own personal time, like I, 
I try to make sure that I not give her credit, but just like keep her and her legacy alive and like what she meant to me and what our friendship meant. Um, so I think that our, our initial reaction is to suppress it. Um, but I think just giving, continue to give them life in the way that you can is, is important. Uh, so beautiful, Asia. And I bet you have no idea how many people those words are going to touch. I'm so grateful you shared. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I didn't even know I was going to take it there, but here we are. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy you did. Um, another chance to honor your friend and hopefully help somebody else um, who may be going through something similar. So um, that's, that's incredible. And to ask you a piece, a piece of, um, of advice or, or a question that I, I love to ask women on this podcast, and it's so interesting how everybody's advice is so different and so unique, but what is your best piece of advice for women? Um, action we can take today to level up tomorrow. Um, I think my best advice would be to don't doubt yourself. Um, because everybody else is already doubting you. And that's very presumptuous of me to say that about everybody. Um, but I think don't get like, don't feed into that, right? Like that we talked about the imposter syndrome and how people view you. And we know there's a, a, a stigma of being around like a woman in sports or even a black woman in sports. Like just don't give that, that negativity any, um, don't give it any life. Um, so I, I would just lean into don't doubt yourself and just try to make sure that you're better today than you were yesterday. Yeah, I think this is this whole conversation has really been about personal strength, confidence, being you, leaning into your strengths. I think it, strength is such a, a theme coming forward for you. And I think that is that's such an incredible message. Uh, to share with women today. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, it's weird, uh, especially with like everything that's going on just in, in the world. Um, but I think just leaning into like who you are. I know we talked about like what would be my motivational quote. <laughs> I don't know if I'm like jumping ahead here. No, you're right on I track. If I go in, oh, fine, I'll, I'll just lead us into it. Um, yes. So I got to thinking about it after you told me that you would ask me this question. But one thing that I found that really resonated with me was success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Um, my friends and family will tell you that I am very much like, I do a lot, but I do, I, I, I rarely do I do things that I don't want to do. Um, and I think that's what success looks like to me. Like if I'm able to do what I want, how I want to do it, um, and I'm doing it by, by being a good person. Um, I, I think we talked about this on our first conversation was like, I, I'm, I'm from the Midwest. Um, I, I grew up in church. So like conviction is something really heavy on my heart. So if I'm ever like towing a line of being a bad person, like I can't deal with myself. Um, so that's something that I talk to my mentors about a lot. Um, if they, if you talk to any of my mentors, they'll tell you that the questions I have are around like corporate politics. Like it's less about how do I do this and how do I navigate this without being a terrible person or without compromising like who I am and being a, the sweet, charming Midwest 
like humor, great style girl that I am. Like as long as I can continue being me and continuing to ascend in, in the sports world and become a, a, a great sports executive or more real round, well-rounded sports executive, um, that's, that's what I care about. I love that. I think that's such a great quote. I think that's by Maya Angelou, who has some yes. of the best quotes available. <laughs> um, and so I love that you, you uh, talk the talk and, and you walk the walk. So I got to ask you, you had an incredible, really quickly successful career so far. What's next for you? What's next? Um, I think... I'll, I'll still be in, in football. I, um, like my end goal, I don't think we talked about this, but like my end goal is to be a, a CMO at, at the club or team level. Um, so making sure that I'm doing the right work and learning the right things, um, because it's, it's very different being at the league level from being at a club. Um, so I think just making sure that I'm continuing to challenge myself and stay up to date on any marketing and digital trends and being a good person that's I always have to make that like write that on my list like make sure you're being a good person because nobody wants to work with a smart jerk uh, but I think just making sure that I'm being a better person tomorrow than I was today so in your growth where do you look for those opportunities are you taking classes do you have resources through the NFL like what does it look like to you to continue to be curious um, I think I have a lot of resources at the NFL. Um, a lot of our executives are there. They have the open door policy. I don't know what the COVID version of that is. Um, but I, I have a lot of different conversations with a lot of different groups outside of the revenue generating side, um, because that's the side that I spend most of my time in. So I'm just an extremely curious person about how things come to be. Usually marketing is one of the, the last groups that gets like wind of a new deal or a new project. And I always want to know like how those things like come to be like so like the business side and, and the, the, the deals that happen between like corporate partners like those are things that I have a strong interest in. But I think having those conversations, I'm also in a few different groups outside of, of the NFL. So that helps because I, I get to meet and speak with other sports executives who aren't, they, they don't care that I have a Thursday night football game today. Like they, they have different focuses um, and that allows me to just keep on top of what's happening in, in sports overall. Yeah, so, so the network both internally and externally is something that's really important to your career growth. And a theme among the female leaders I interview is curiosity. If we stay curious, that's, that's how you grow. You, you have to continue to ask the questions, um, raise your hand for the projects, get involved in areas where um, you can grow and, and help accelerate your career. Absolutely. And I think uh, mentoring helps too. Um, like being a mentee, but also just talking with like up and coming, uh, who I, I think are, are, are next in the sports industries, just to understand how they're looking at the industry as they're coming into it. Um, I think that also helps me. I, I learned a lot from them that way as well. Yeah, 100%. And one of the tips that I lay down for, um, for women in the industry is, 
If you don't have access for a person-to-person -person relationship because of social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, we, have, we do have access to these leaders at our fingertips. You can just follow them. You can admire their work and um, start to see the way that they're making decisions and how they're showing up in the world and being a, a great observer. You don't always get the chance to have coffee with the people you admire, but that doesn't mean that they can't still be a role model. Absolutely. They call them virtual mentors. <laughs> there we go. I love that term. That's perfect. That's perfect. Well, I know um, we've both had calendar invitations that went off um, during the call. This is real life, people. Um, <laughs> I'm so grateful for Asia to be on the podcast today. We are recording this on a Thursday. There's Thursday night football. You are just a dynamo. You are smart, intelligent, great person, first and foremost. Asia Golston, Senior Manager of Integrated Sales and Marketing at the NFL. Thank you for being a part of the Leadership is Female podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been great. Thank you, Asia. What a thoughtful, inspiring, thought-provoking interview. We appreciate your vulnerability in sharing the loss of your friend. That took so much courage, and I want to thank you for sharing. To your friend, she's not forgotten. She'll live on through you. We appreciate your voice. With that, let's get into Asia's top four takeaways. Number one, in overcoming imposter syndrome, lean into what you are good at. Oftentimes, imposter syndrome comes from trying to be someone you are not. Number two, in gaining confidence, be true to yourself. No one can be you but you. Also, be a good person. No one wants to work with a smart jerk. Number three, best piece of advice for women is don't doubt yourself. Don't feed into that. Don't give life to negativity. And number four, think about virtual mentorship. You can follow the leaders you admire and learn so much simply from observation. Hey you, did you join my email list? I want to stay in touch with you so that you'll have the heads up on new podcast episodes and get the tips you are looking for to empower you to level up. It's easy to sign up. Head on over to emilyjansen.com. I'm so excited you are here and I can't wait to help lead you forward in the career of your dreams. Again, that's emilyjanson.com. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.